cliffcentral.com We're going to cry, laugh, and love. And we're going to do it together. The Life with Libang podcast. All right. Yay! I am on. Welcome to Life with Libang, brought to you by cliffcentral.com. I am busy playing with this uh, board because I'm trying to see which mic is mine and I found my mic. I'm so excited. So welcome to another episode of Life with Lebang. If this is your first time listening, then welcome to the first day of the rest of your life. I like saying that and being like dramatic, whereas it's not that deep. But if you know, you know, and this is the home of pushing positive parenting, pushing present parenting and really repositioning what parenting traditionally was i mean we grew up in different times man and you know time is moving forward time is evolving and with time evolving there's new technologies that are just constantly added into the fray of life and one thing that i know in this very moment as i sit here i am struggling with is the use of technology particularly around my children now i've got three covid babies and by covid babies they were all born in the COVID era. So when we were in lockdown and there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, out, outside engagement, I've got three kids under three who are, who are from that era. And then my other two boys are from a different era. But what I'm noticing now is that, Hey man, these kids are almost like just exclusively addicted to their screens. And by their screens, I mean my cell phone, their dad's cell phone, the TV at home, any laptop, anything with the screen. They are just like stuck on it and it's become their best friend. So I thought it would be interesting for us today to just tackle better ways for us as parents to manage the usage of uh, of smartphones and just devices in general, particularly facing our children. Because it's kind of a new thing where there's a lot of studies right now taking place and people are doing all sorts of research to try and figure out what those repercussions are or going to be. And it's still early days. We don't know yet what our kids are going to suffer. But I will share some stats today that can put almost shed some light on what we have found, what the current findings are, um, you know, to this day. And look, I, I don't blame us. Everything is on our phones. Our whole lives are on our phones, tags, social media, calendars, music, shopping lists. We almost do everything on our devices so much so that it's like hard to remember what life was like before we had our devices, right? Data finds that humans spend a combined, and I need you to hear this, 1.4 trillion hours, right? Which is 470 million years staring at their phone screens in the year 2022. So the whole world put together spent 470 million years staring at their phone screens last year. Oh, in 2022. That is scary. That should tell you something. Are we addicted? You know, like growing up and watching these movies, more iRobot and more Transformers where like our devices or, or take turns on us as humans and, you know, all that stuff happens. It's almost like scary because we're living in a time where we are now quite involved and quite dependent on on our phones, you know. And look, I, I don't blame us. On one end, it really makes life a lot easier. So it's not all bad all the time. But frequent use of smartphone has been linked to many potential harms. Now, this is where, you know, the parenting comes in. If there are some bad things that come with spending that much time on your devices, 
we need to know what those are and essentially how they can affect us. So a 2017 study by Turkish researchers found that university students who are addicted to their phones are likely to suffer from loneliness or aggression. Now, with loneliness comes mental illness. And this is, this is pretty scary. Also, these participants who, who took place in this uh, research are likely to report poor eating habits, further increasing their risk of suffering dietary conditions. People addicted to their smartphones will almost spend less time exercising and taking part in other physical activities, leading to reduced physical fitness levels. Now, these are all very, you know, I, 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 I don't want to say obvious, but for somebody who spends as much time on their phones as, as me, I would know that, yes, there's times when I'm like, hmm, do I want to go to the gym or do I just want to sit here on TikTok for two hours? And I end up doing the latter. Not because, you know, I want to, but almost just because like, huh, it's easier. It's the easier thing to do just to kind of sit on your device, you know? So there's a lot of repercussions is the point. There's a lot of consequences and essentially what it seems like there's a lot of end goals here that are detrimental to human beings if they abuse devices and no longer participate in the world as we knew it. So now I want to, I want to focus more on our kids, you know, um, and this kind of goes back to present parenting, which is one of the ethos of life with Lebang, present and positive parenting. We as parents are sometimes guilty of doing this thing that when our kids are around, they want to play, they want to talk to us, they want to laugh with us, they just want to engage with us. And we just like, ah, just go watch TV or we'll say, here, here's my phone, go play a game. We kind of get, want, not want to get rid of our kids, but after two hours of straight talking and engaging, you know, it sometimes gets frustrating. So you'll just say to your child, here, go play over there and, you know, entertain yourself. So a lot of this responsibility is on us, mom and dad. It's on us, caregivers, guardians, parents. We need to lead by example here, right? I'll get into that a little bit later. But let's discuss a little bit children's time spent on their smart, smartphone devices and some of the apps that parents can use if they want to monitor and be more involved in how their kids are engaging with their devices. So if you want to monitor your, your child's phone usage, Google Family Link app, which is also available on iOS, is a nice app, which I use as well. Uh, and essentially you can set certain digital ground rules for your children through features that enable your, uh, f- enable you as the parent to manage apps, keep an eye on screen time, set a bedtime, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what I like about this app is that it pretty much gives you, you're like, you, you're playing the, you know, the eye. You have, you're just like this eye that's watching over your child, making sure that your child is engaging in the right apps. It, it gives you notifications about your child's location if you put that on. So, if your child is downloading certain apps that you don't agree with, you can, you know, deny them access. So essentially you have, you can put the rules, set the tone for what your child can and can't do on their device and then take it from there. But there are a number of apps depending on what your needs are. You know, um, something like Google Family Link, I would say is more for children that are constantly engaging on their, their devices. So for instance, uh, my son, the school that he's in, they need to have devices all the time. It's like a prerequisite. The school said, you, you know, you have to have a tablet or else, you know, which is weird, but it's, I understand the technology. So we, we got my son this tablet and of course he's a child. And if children don't know how to engage on the interweb, they end up doing all sorts of things. They click everything. They 
are suddenly clicking on surveys. You know when you're on the internet and all these things pop up. You know these um, what are they called? Just that gunk. Yeah, those things that are just like flash, boom, boom, boom. Click here for this. Da, 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 da. Kids click every single thing. So apps like these and apps of this nature allow you as the parents to help to minimize that kind of thing and also just block certain websites, block certain apps, etc., etc., etc. So the prevalence of smart devices has also led to the phenomenon of iPad babies. Can you believe that this is a thing? Children who who spend nearly all waking hours attached to a screen and these kids exist. These children will sometimes show addictive behavior at extremely young ages with there being reports of violence, hour-long tantrums from children who have devices removed from them. And look, I am a guilty parent. I'm not going to sit here and act innocent. There are times where if I take my phone away from any of my daughters, they absolutely lose their minds. They throw tantrums. They're rolling around on the floor. You know those kids that you see in movies and you're like, ah, these kids, ah, never. Yeah, yeah, that, that's me. Those are my children. They'll roll around on the floor. They'll kick you know, they'll, they'll really throw these tantrums and these tantrums can go on for a while. And it's only when I take away their devices from them. So they've got a tablet that they share, but I've put a limit of three hours on it, three hours a day. How they spend that three hours is up to them. And I mean, they're too young to, to think at that level, but I've, I've literally packaged it in such a way that you only have three hours to be on your device. And once that three hour hits, bam, the tablet is blocked. And the only way you can unblock it, there's a, there's a button that says, ask your parent for help. They'll click that button. They'll put in whatever code. They'll try themselves out. But of course, they don't know my codes. Then they come to me, mommy, please help. And I say, mommy can't help, bro. You've done your three hours. <laughs> I love you. But maybe go play outside. And they lose it. So these iPad babies do exist. More so having children that were born during the COVID period. It, all they know really is screens. They don't, they don't have much exposure to the park outside where there's other kids, et cetera, et cetera, unless you've put your child in a nursery school. So yeah, this is real life is what I'm saying. So some experts also fear that this generation of children will have a harder time making friends when they grow up as they have underdeveloped in-person communication skills. They could also suffer eyesight issues at a young age from their constant staring at their screens. Now, the really scary one for me personally is, you know, kids not being able to make friends as easily as previous generations. We were almost forced into just making friends because all we had were other people. Now, luckily for me, my kids have lots of siblings, so they have each other to play with, learn from, etc., etc. But imagine if you have an only child and your only child has, is not a nursery school yet. And you are the only human beings that they have been exposed to. And of course, the human beings that they see in their devices, inside their screens, it is very problematic and essentially could become even more of a problem as they grow into teenagers and adults. So according to the 2018 Healthy Active Kids South Africa report, South African children are spending more than three hours per day looking at their screens, excluding for schoolwork. So this is just games. This is just uh, probably like YouTube videos, et cetera, et cetera. And they've said that the daily screen time for children in school should be limited to two hours for preschoolers and one hour uh, and none for children under the age of two. 
So this is pretty scary because I'm automatically in the wrong based on these stats. Like I said, I give all my kids three hours per day, whether it's for school or for play. Both of my sons have the same device that they use for school purposes. They are also limited to three hours. So because they have the school aspect, they are encouraged to use their devices for school primarily. If they've got 45 minutes left over in their screen time, then they can do with it as they please. They can download games, they can play, etc., etc. But at the same time, I kind of want to say, find an amount that works for you. These are simply guidelines and these are reports from statistics. But my advice, find something that works for you within your household. Obviously, try to limit it. Don't try to... Don't, don't let your devices raise your children. That's a big mistake that a lot of parents make. And it speaks back to what I said earlier that, you know, as parents, we get frustrated. You come back from a long day at work and your kid just wants to play for four hours straight. You don't have the energy or the creativity to do that. So what do you do? You send them to their devices. That's fine, but try to find a balance because in sending your child to their device, your child is essentially going to believe everything that the device tells them. They're going to be raised by this device. And then 10 years down the line, you wonder how, why does my child's belief system not match mine? It's because instead of being present in that parenting while your child was still young, you removed yourself and in place of yourself, you put the device. So all the content that your child is consuming online ends up shaping their thinking, their beliefs, their values, if they have any. So, hey, hashtag present parenting. That's like, that's literally the, that's what we were pushing out. So, you know, I also want to speak a little bit about this very interesting report from the University of Cape Town Sports Science Institute that is SSISA, CISA. So um, in this report that they released, they it was compiled by 30 experts from 14 institutions and organizations in South Africa. And it found that more than 9 out of 10, that's 94% infants and toddlers in low-income and urban areas reportedly exceeded the recommend, recommended screen time and more TV time was related to unhealthy weight. Again, this goes right back to what I was saying. If you don't have the time or the, the, the energy to be a present parent that engages with their child, you'll send them to the TV room or you'll send them to their device, right? And essentially, once they are stuck in that loop, they sit, they eat, they sit, they eat, they consume. And I guess it's a, it's a bit of a play on words here because they're eating actual food, right? But also they're just eating and consuming all this content of which you have no control over mom and dad. So I guess this is an opportunity to also set some rules. In my household, we sit at the dinner table. Uh, in seven days a week, we try to sit at the dinner table for at least four or five times a week. We all sit as a family together talk about our days, all that good stuff. But that is our time to be present. Number one, no phones allowed at the table. Now, this is important because phones essentially during that time are almost just a distraction. Uh, when a notification pops up and bing, you, you get out of the zone that you're in to give attention to your phone. So rule number one, no devices at the table. That goes for me and my partner as well. So mommy and daddy, no device at the table. Uh, the, the, the kids, no tablets at the table, all they are. Everybody knows that when we're at the dinner table, all we're doing is engaging with one another and we are eating. Because what kids do is that they attach 
certain activities with other activities. And I guess not even just kids. We as people, it's human nature. So if they attach eating with watching something, then every time they just watch something, they'll automatically want to eat something. And every time they're just eating something, they'll automatically want to watch something. So we need to be careful about the relations that we put with certain activities. It's very, very dangerous to sort of, you know, match those two activities. Again, you'll find yourself not exercising, potentially gaining too much weight, being overweight, eating more than you had initially intended. Why? Merely because you're watching something on your device. So apparently close to 10% of three to five-year-old children were overweight and one in four were stunted. Only about half of South Africans, South Africa's children are getting the recommended levels of daily physical activity, which is between 57 and 65 minutes. Remember back in the day growing up, we used to have PE and, uh, you know, those physical exercises. And I don't, I don't know these days if it's really stressed and amplified as much as it was. Why? Well, now because devices are such a big part of the system and such a big part of our lives, there's so many other activities that one would rather participate in. Screen time essentially stifles creativity, imagination, and playfulness. Not just screen time. I would say abuse of screen time and overindulgence of screen time. And these are things that are essential for whole development of children. So if you want your kids to be more creative, to use their imagination, to play around more, then this is something that you need to think about. Kids learn more by climbing trees and playing outside with real-time imaginative play than they would with screen time. The problem with screen time is that children get instant gratification. They don't really have to think for themselves and they don't have to do much other than press buttons. Now, if you have ever sat and observed your child while they're on their screen, then you will know how quickly they just scroll through things. It's like, they don't even sit and watch the full video anymore. If a video is two minutes, they'll watch it for 10 seconds and say, meh, next, meh, next. They literally sit and just flip until they find the one that they like. Once they find the one that they like, you'd think as a parent, okay, cool, at least they found something. Nope. Then they're just going to watch that one for like 30 seconds. So we are essentially building a culture of kids who are going to struggle with instant gratification and wanting something when they want it instantly. Whereas we know that that's not real life. So I want to quickly discuss some of the other activities that we can get our kids involved in besides screen time that are associated and could assist their mental and emotional development. Now it's actually funny that I'm talking about this right now because just yesterday my partner and I decided, you know what? No phones and no tablets today at all. So we had to take their phones. We had to take their tablets and we said, okay, you know what? We're actually just putting them away today and you can't even play on our phones. This is not, we're just pretty much like testing something out just to see what it is that they would do when they didn't have the option for screen time. So of course, in the beginning, it was a bit difficult. There were the tantrums. There was the rolling around on the floor, the, the screaming, the shouting, blah, blah, blah. But once they got over that, the kids started exploring outside. They went outside. They were walking around the garden. At some point, my son was even climbing a tree, something I'd never seen him do. I was like, okay, so you guys are able to do this. It's just almost that because the screens are the easier option, you'd quickly rather do that. And 
I really saw them using their minds in different ways that they usually wouldn't. So we have this floaty um, that we lie on in, in the pool. So yesterday we had obviously taken it out of the pool. So it was on the side of the pool. The kids were using that floaty as like a blanket and they turned it into a cave. So they were using the things around them to sort of build a fort outside. And I loved that. I was like, this is awesome. I'd never seen them engage with that object in that way. Usually they would just use it to swim. But now because it's just almost like sitting there, they were like, hmm, what else can we do with this thing? They found places to hide. They just found activities that they previously wouldn't be engaging in because of these devices. So I challenge you, parents, remove that device for one day and just look at the brilliance of your child's brain. Children come up with all sorts of things. Yesterday, my son was cooking with me. I mean, he generally has an interest in cooking, but yesterday he even put on an apron. He was like, bro, today I am your sous chef. Let's go. And he was involved. He was getting me the oils, the what what he was mixing and stirring all because he didn't have his device to play with slash distract him. So these kids will show you and they'll be drawn to certain activities around the house. Once you remove the device, they'll find something to do. And I promise you, it's as simple as taking a walk with your kids. If it's, oh, we don't have a garden or we don't have a pool or we just live in an apartment, put on your child's jersey, jacket, get dressed and go for a walk with your child. Your child will be exposed to the real world and the things out there and the conversation that you engage in with your child will probably blow your mind. These kids are smarter than we think. So just try different methods, try different things and see if there's absolute changes because your children will show you again what it is that they're interested in. So let's, let's talk a little bit about children in South Africa and how they are high cyber risks. Oh, this one hurts. <laughs> this one hurts. It actually upsets me because I just shouted at my son the other day for clicking on every single notification that popped up on his phone. Every single notification he clicked on it. Suddenly he signed up for surveys. He signed up for gambling. He signed up to these weird sex adults. Tra- I was like, Dude, what is happening? You've had this tablet for two minutes. Anyway, in a study done by the World Economic Forum, children between the ages of 8 and 12 are the most vulnerable online. It was found that 62% of children in this age group have been exposed to at least one cyber risk. And the stats place South Africa in the top of those countries that are at risk out of 29 countries that were polled. Man, this is crazy. This is scary. And I kind of, I think it's not our kids' fault. They don't know enough about the the big world wide web and how scary it can be and the risks involved in just being online. So the study polled 38,000 children and measured the different risks that they're exposed to, including cyberbullying, sexual grooming, the sharing of sexual content and video game addiction. So this essentially means that 64% of these kids have been exposed to one or more cyber risks. This is very, very scary. Like I said before, just the other week, my my son's tablet was full of these notifications and I just saw like naked women and I lost my mind because I'm like, what is this? I'm like, oh, what's going on? Ah. And then his dad was like, shh, let me, let me, let me talk to him. Let me take over. And he sat down with his dad and he was like, bro, every single time you are online, you are at risk. Anybody that you engage with online, anybody that asks you for your information can be a bad person. That person could ask you for your address. Jiggy, jiggy, they're at the front gate. They're here to t- wipe out your whole family. 
all because you exposed this information. And I realized in that moment that there is such, there's a gap for teaching children how to maneuver on the internet before they engage with it. There has to be some sort of like internet 101 for kids before they even get on there because they simply don't know what they're doing. They simply have no clue of how big it is and how scary it can be. Gaming. Now this is where they trap our kids because our kids want to play Roblox all day. They want to play Minecraft all day. They want to play all these games all day. And Tina, as parents, what do we do? We allow them because we want to see our kids happy. But what is taking place inside those games that we don't know about? There's people who are adults, who are pedophiles, who are all sorts of things, posing as young children on the internet, engaging with our kids. This is happening on the daily. So our kids are like, oh, I'm nine years old. Look at me playing Roblox, chatting to another nine-year-old. That is a 60-something-year-old grown man in his mother's basement in another country, busy luring you in. So I almost want to want to find out more and see if there is some sort of like, not classes, but just some sort of way that we can in- induct our children into how to operate online and the real usage and limitations of the internet as a child. Because it's good that we've got the parents... Uh, the parenting aspect where we can limit and monitor. But if the kids still don't know how to maneuver, then they won't know how to maneuver. All right. So speaking of having the parent aspect, there are a number of apps that you can use for monitoring your child's device use. I already mentioned the family link, which I use, which I think is cool, but there's, a, there's others. There's others that you can use. Uh, there's one called Easy Parental App app that's spelled E-Y-E-Z-Y. It's a new but robust phone monitoring app with unique features that you actually won't find elsewhere. It includes the ability to see your kids' social media activity, TikTok, Facebook, Messenger, Snapchat, IG, and all of them, as well as read the texts, including the deleted messages, keystroke tracking and recording, and more. So this almost feels like... <laughs> Like you're just prying on your child's life, right? This is kind of what that feels like. Uh, because again, these kids don't even really know that there's some bad people online. So if your kids are at that stage in their lives where they have social media and you want to make sure that your kids aren't engaging in the wrong things, perhaps this is the kind of app that would work best for you. Although I do think that kind of, uh, it hinders it not hinders, it kind of encroaches on like the trust that you have for your child. And you'd rather work on building trust with your child than resort to that kind of app where you're almost like reading their deleted messages. Is is that not invasion of privacy? (laughs) I think it is. It would be right. Anyway, to each his own, but there's that app. Another app is called family safe parental app. Now this app allows you to monitor your children's tech, social media activity, all of that good jazz, all in one for an affordable price. So, of course, it ain't free. It also reports how much time a child spends using their device and all the individual apps. This can also help to spot the patterns of activity that might imply screen addiction or it notifies us, it notifies us when a child is using their device when they shouldn't be. So once you know that your child spends too much time on a device, you can obviously then set those screen limits um, for the whole device and for individual apps. So for in a case where a child has 
um, reading eggs as an app that is educational and it's for school and it teaches your child to read, then on an app like that, you wouldn't necessarily set a limit. You want your child to engage in those educational apps. But if it's like a game app or whatever, you can set a limit for that individual app, which is cool. There's another app called Find My Kids Parental App. So Find My Kids app is built specifically as a child locator app. So this is the one where, for example, your kid is doing a lot of traveling or you are a, you're co-parenting or whatever the case is. If your child is going to and from different places, this is, this will help you. In addition to tracking your child's location, you can also view the actual route that they take when traveling from place to place. And you can see the child's history. You can also listen in on your child's surroundings and many more. And yeah, there's also a, an SOS function that the child can send if they are in danger and they can't call. I would suggest in a country like South Africa that we have this kind of app installed on as many devices as possible. We know that our kids aren't safe. Kids are going missing every day, every week. It's, it's crazy town out there right now. So find my kids parental app. Very cool. There's another app called green light parental app. Now this is a holistic all in one platform that you can use to teach your kids the basics of personal finance. This is so cool. So it can also include assigning your child chores that they can do, check their pro, uh, track their progress, uh, in, in terms of their allowance. And the app also allows kids to identify and set their own financial goals. So money kept in this account, um, earns a competitive 2% interest rate. So cool. Helping them to grow their savings over time and encouraging them to develop healthy money habits. So I like that one. Why? Because this clearly shows that not all apps are bad. A lot of the apps out there are very good and can be a very assistive in your parenting style. So if you're the kind of parent that wants to teach their kids about money from a young age, and I think we did a, a money episode a couple of weeks back, check it out, teaching your kids about money. Yes. Uh, this is one of the apps that you can then explore and help you to track, you know, track your kids uh, spending and how they view money. This is actually very cool. I'm going to give it a try. There's another app. Oh, I wish I had my phone here. There's another app that I, uh, that I discovered recently. Um, and it's, it's, it's almost like YouTube kids, but it's like, it's called happy kids. So happy kids is now apparently the safest app for your kids to be engaging in content with. A lot of parents have been complaining about YouTube kids. I mean, YouTube kids is the most popular one, obviously. And it seems like it's the simplest because you just link it to your YouTube as a parent and then boom, Bob's your uncle. But a lot of parents have been complaining about YouTube kids claiming that there's actually subconscious content there that exposes our children to things that they shouldn't be exposed to. So sexual content, derogatory content, a whole range of bad things. These are claims that some parents have made and they've essentially then asked for alternatives. So happy kids apparently is a very, uh, it's the safest one currently now online. I'm going to start giving that a try because my kids are like addicted to YouTube kids, but there's just so much content out there and you're just kind of trusting that your kids are exposed to the right thing. Gandhi. So my advice parents is to Try as many apps out as possible and try the one that works best for you in your situation. Only you know your kids best. You know what your int their interests are. Well, you should know what their interests are and figure out which app will work best for you. So the last one, which I think is so cool, 
is called Our Family Wizard Parental App. So this is an app specifically designed for co-parenting, which is very common these days. So this app is widely trusted and it's court approved, which tracks parental communication and parenting time for custody disputes. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So Our Family Wizard is a co-parenting app that's built around five main tools, right? Number one is a calendar which keeps track only of the child's schedule, but also the parenting schedules and appointments. So if you are in a co-parenting scenario, it'll be your child, and then the mother and the father will then have access to that calendar, which will stipulate the times that the child must be fetched, what the child is doing on this and that day. I love this. The second thing is a message board. Now, this is a secure platform for communicating any messages between the parents that uh, that are preserved, and can't be deleted or edited. So making it ideal for tracking communications to comply with court orders. Oh my gosh, I'm in love. <laughs> the third thing is a journal. Now this journal allows you to share updates within, with the other parent and pretty much act as a family diary. So if there's anything that needs to be, uh, you know, uh, recorded, you want to upload a picture from, from any situation or occasion, you can do it there. There's also the expense log. So this manages shared expenses right from within the app. So what I, what I can appreciate about family law and, um, court orders between co, between parents who are no longer living together is that it can stipulate quite specifically what it is that needs to happen. It'll tell you that you need to pay this much money every month. These are the exact times you need to fetch the child. These are the exact needs of the child. And because of that order, you will need to follow every single thing there. Now, this app will allow you to track that and to see that you have stayed within those rules. Now, the last thing is the information bank, which keeps track of important family information, such as insurance information, medical history, school schedules, contact info, and so much more. Now, I am literally sitting here about to download this Our Family Wizard Parental app because I can already see it's going to make my life so much easier. Oh my word. This is the best thing that could happen to me today. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. So co-parents, Our Family Wizard Parental app, especially if there's a court order in place, I'm going to download it and then I'll give you guys feedback. I'll give you feedback and I'll tell you how, how it went, but this sounds amazing. So look, there's all sorts of apps. There's all sorts of, Things that you can do as a present parent just to assist your child in this thing called technology and in this big thing called the internet and essentially allow the device to help you as a parent versus working against you as a parent. We don't want the device to replace you. The device can never replace you. The device can only assist you, but only you can allow it to assist you if you allow it. Know what I'm saying? You need to let it assist you. Don't, don't let it work against you. If you just leave it and let it do its thing, it will work against you. So before I go, I just want to share some, just some tips, just a, little, a couple of tips on how we can better manage this. And I want you to hear me out because this is so important. So this is according to Cindy Glass. She's a director and co-founder of the Step Up Education Center in Scottsville. And this is what she has to say. And I'm so glad because I've actually already started implementing some of these things. The first and most important things, parents, hear me out. You need to set an example for your children. Kids are more likely going to do what they see, not what they are told. I cannot stress this enough. Your children are going to look at you, the way you behave, 
the way you treat other people, the way you mistreat other people, the way you treat yourself, they are going to literally copy and paste that. Even if you're telling them, you need to do good things, my child. If you're doing bad things, your child will do bad things. So never forget that. We can't expect our children to reduce screen time if we don't. I know you don't want to hear that. I know you don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. You're an adult. I'm sure you think you've got your shit together. The truth is, if we want our children to reduce their screen time, it starts with us. We need to reduce our own screen time. The second thing, try and have a dedicated no-go zone and no-go time for devices. Family activities, meal times, even when you're driving in the car, all of these can be device-free zones. So I love this because this has really given me ideas of how better to be intentional about the spaces in which we use our phones and our devices. If we're in the the sitting room and we're all together as a family, no phones allowed. I already spoke earlier about uh, eating dinner at the table, no phones allowed. And now I want to take it a step further. I want to see if we can, if we can, you know, really make it hot, like areas that you're only allowed to have your phone in. So for example, if you're alone in your bedroom, that's the kind of place where you can be on your device because you're alone. But the minute you're engaging with other people or you're in the room with more than with your siblings or with just other people, put your phone in your pocket and leave it. Put your device away. You know, I want to see how that's going to go. The third thing, go outside. Plan activities that involve going into nature. It is great for the soul and it'll increase all the happy hormones of our bodies. I absolutely completely agree. I'm currently on the hunt for a tent and a hammock. Uh, I'm busy going through Facebook marketplace, uh, trying to find a hammock and a tent that I can get so my kids and I can just be outside. Even if it's not like full blown camping, we're just going to put the tent up in the yard and just like chill there. And that can be a no device zone. You know, that's just a space that we are outside doing our thing, enjoying each other's time. I think it's so important to spend more time going outside. Take a walk. Like I said, if the limitations are there and you don't have a garden or what, stop making excuses. Take a walk. I used to live with my kids in town, in Joburg town, and we would always just go outside and just take walks during the day. Regardless of how I felt, I didn't care if I, if I was feeling unsafe or whatever the case is. I always said, you know what? These kids can't be locked up in this in the space, let them be outside, smell the fresh air, go outside with your children, plan activities. And this goes back to leading by example. So don't just plan activities for you and your kids, plan activities for yourself, plan activities for your, for you and your husband or your wife. So as, as mom and dad, what are the activities that you guys are doing outside together? And then you can then start thinking, how can you involve the kids in that? Number four, Encourage children to get involved in activities beyond the school environment, right? So the sports, drama, music, art, these are all great examples of some of the things that the kids can do. If your kids are in the kind of school that already offers these, then that is fantastic. That is awesome. But if you, if your school, if the child school doesn't offer that, then it's on you to find these clubs. There's all sorts of clubs that happen on weekends. Whether it's a sporting club, swimming, soccer, hockey, whatever the case is, they exist. There's also drama clubs and some of these clubs are free. If it's a financial thing that you're considering, like, sounds good, but I just can't afford it. There are a lot of free drama uh, organizations, particularly for young kids, that love for kids to come and engage with them every Saturday. 
Then they put on a play once or twice a year. And you know what? It's just allowing the kids to to be in different environments with different people, doing different things, because that's how they figure out what it is that they actually love and what it is that they even enjoy. And the last thing is that very young children need to play with their hands and not on a device. So kids need to exercise their hands, essentially. They need to pick things up and put things down. That's why there's things like Play-Doh and Legos and, 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 because kids need to use their hands to create. If they're given a box of Legos, they can then build something using their imagination. So they're exercising these muscles. They're exercising their creativity. They're exercising their imagination. Play-Doh is a nice example. Slime. I mean, it's great for the kids, not great for your carpet or for the floor with all the cleaning up that you have to do, but allow your kids to use their hands. The other week, um, my, my sister-in-law, she's a baker. She sent us a, a gingerbread house, but one that you had to build for yourself from scratch. So she just sort of like built the walls and the roof and then she put those in pieces and then she gave us like icing. The kids sat there and built this gingerbread house from scratch and they loved every moment of it. They had so much fun building and mixing and placing sweets all over the ceiling. And it took them like two hours. Yes, there was a sugar high because it was all icing, but they absolutely loved it. Why? It gave them an opportunity to participate in an activity where they were using their hands. Kids are generally curious by nature. Kids want to explore things. That's why babies, when they crawl, they crawl and they put their fingers in inside the plugs and they open all the kitchen cupboards and they, kids are essentially making a mess, not because they are making a mess, but because they're curious. They want to touch everything and they want to know what is this? What does this button do? When you're with a child in a car, (laughs) things are going to be pressed and opened and closed and, 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 and by nature, our children are curious. So once we give them a device to simply sit and watch and not participate actively in activities, then we are hindering them. We need to find that balance. Mom, dad, find that balance. Don't block your child from exercising those important muscles. Because if your child becomes addicted to their screens, then you've got a problem. And again, because this is new, we we still don't know yet what those real consequences are but from what i just what i know and from the research that we've done here at life with lebang it's not looking good our kids are going to struggle to make friends they're going to struggle to engage in social settings they're going to struggle to have relationships they are going to be more prone to loneliness violence mental health issues they are going to exercise less they're going to eat more so this doesn't really sound good so do what you can with your children in your household and try to manage better what it is, the content that our kids are exposed to. These devices can work with us, not against us. I've given you a range of apps that you can try. If there's other apps that you are using that you can suggest to us at Life with Lebang, simply let us know. Send us an email at lifewithlebang at lebangkhosana.com and let us know what you're using so that we can share the good work. All we want is for all kids to grow in the best way possible. And most importantly, we want you as parents to look back and say, man, I did a good job. Look at my kid now. 
Right? So I hope you're feeling fulfilled. I hope you've learned something today. I hope I've added value in your life. And that's really like all I want to do every single week here at LiveCentral.com. Like literally that's my job just to make sure that I've imparted something positive and you can apply that positivity into your life and into your child's life. I will see you next week. Same time, same place right here. CliffCentral.com. CliffCentral.com.